this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the hindu's in focus podcast the indian rupee has been battling downward pressure from multiple forces foreign portfolio investors pulling out the rising cost of international crude oil and a strong dollar the currency has been frequently hitting historical lows and has breached the 78 mark against the dollar what does this mean beyond export and import bills to help us with some perspectives we have with us anant narayan associate professor finance at spjimr thank you anant for being with us lovely to have you back with us again thanks for having me bharat so these are exciting times so uh, from the perspective of observers who are on the sidewalk watching the economy you know the rupee has been having a tough uh, time these past few months what impact would this have uh, beyond just the trade export import bills is something that we seek to discover in this conversation so i read somewhere that every 5% fall in the rupee raises inflation rate by 10 to 15 basis points only now in the you know figures inflation figures for may have told us that there's been some respite on the inflation front even though it's well beyond the rbi's comfort zone of 6% we clocked in at just about 7 i'm sure the rbi has a delicate balance to make in the months to come you have a view on that oh absolutely uh, bharat you're right rbi does have a delicate balance to manage you're also right on the sensitivity of dollar rupee of of india's macroeconomics really to things like dollar rupee and crude oil prices in fact the rbi's monetary policy report actually provides some data around this it says that for every 5% depreciation of of the rupee inflation goes up by an estimated 20 basis points and growth also actually goes up by about 15 basis points according to the rbi and it's symmetric it goes the other way in case rupee appreciates separately for every 10% increase in crude oil prices inflation rbi reckons goes up by 30 basis points whereas growth comes down by 20 basis points these are in fact uh, sensitivities calculated by the rbi as i said in the april monetary policy report now keep that aside for the time being when you mentioned that there is a delicate balance involved there are a confluence of several factors to look at bharat first off while clearly the move in rupee against the dollar is making headlines we must appreciate that actually the rupee is doing reasonably well compared to other currencies so what we are seeing right now is actually a move in dollar globally dollar is strengthening against other currencies you know there is something called the dollar index which tries to figure which tries to represent the value of the dollar against a basket of uh, of, of big currencies that has moved up from about uh, 90 or so in the last one year ago to about 105 now this 105 by the way is a 20 year high so dollar has actually strengthened quite dramatically against other currencies particularly the euro the sterling by about 10 12% against the yen by about 18% in comparison rupee has just weakened by about 6 to 7% maybe about 7% right now so actually rupee has strengthened against the euro against the yen against the sterling and so on and so forth so that's one thing to keep in mind it's not a one sided story second in terms of the balance you're absolutely right look what matters is two things one is what is the sustainable total flows looking like into the country second is what should therefore rbi do to manage if there is a difference right now as things stand because of rising crude oil prices and commodity prices and rising imports our current account deficit 
which is you know total of goods and services exports and imports and remittances looks like for this fiscal year could be at a deficit of 100 billion dollars so our net trade and remittances put together will be an outflow of 100 billion dollars against that we should see a net foreign direct investment of about 45 billion dollars that still leaves us with a deficit of about 55 billion dollars now this does not count what could happen in terms of foreign portfolio outflows or inflows right for the last since october in fact we have seen 31 billion dollars of outflows particularly from foreign portfolio equity investors now that trend has been continuing in recent times as well so even without counting foreign portfolio outflows we have a net core deficit of about 55 billion dollars now there is where the problem starts the good news is rbi has ample foreign currency reserves and buffers for now to manage these outflows over the last 3 years in fact the rbi has purchased 210 billion dollars you know it's an amazing amount in both spot and forward markets as a result of sur- surplus inflows coming into the country now is the time for rbi to use some of these reserves and you know try and kind of even out these outflows as they go through but it's a tough call to take you know rbi took a tough call to absorb all these inflows as they came in the last 3 years without letting the rupee strengthen too much now the question is should you use some of those reserves and protect the rupee or in the name of sustainable balance over the medium term should you let the rupee depreciate in line with what is happening in global currency markets so that our exports and imports can adjust to the new reality and then we f- we find a more sustainable balance going forward so it is a very very tough call and you're right things like inflation things like growth things like employment and external balance have to be kept in mind you mentioned you know you touched upon the cad so the wider cad is one impact wider because you know our imports on a larger base are actually growing faster than exports but so the wider cad and the falling rupee seem to spur each other in a vicious cycle once that starts so unless exports rise faster than they already have even though we've had a billion uh, 4 billion 400 billion dollars worth of uh, record exports for fy22 we still aren't up there yet in terms of how fast they grow so local manufacturing has to expand and right now we've just started off maybe the pli schemes may take time to kick in in terms of effect so what do you see on the imbalance that we have is there any um, you know consolation in sight again great question bharat look you're right we have a core imbalance right now particularly because of rising crude oil prices and commodity prices where our current account deficit which was about 40 billion dollars for the last fiscal year could rise to about 100 billion dollars like i mentioned now your question is is there a vicious cycle involved where a rising dollar rupee doesn't really help in terms of adjusting this this imbalance in fact it makes it worse i guess is what you imply it's a tough question to answer directly bharat but as i mentioned rbi does reckon that a rising dollar rupee which means a weakening rupee actually helps exports and actually helps domestic production to the extent they say that a weaker rupee actually improves our gdp as i mentioned 5% weaker rupee they think will improve our growth by 15% largely on account of exports and better manufacturing but it is complicated in the short run we could find that both exports and imports are inelastic to movements in dollar rupee 
because irrespective of where dollar rupee goes, we still have to import crude oil. It, just because dollar rupee has become weaker, it doesn't mean that software exports will go up tomorrow. But in the medium to long term, I think there is very little doubt that a weaker rupee does help the current account balance adjust. If nothing else, even if you're doubtful about exports because of a variety of other reasons, in in terms of bringing down imports, there is definitely an impact. As crude oil prices, as they are passed on to the consumer, they start to pinch our wallets. We will consume less oil, hopefully. More importantly, we will start to substitute from expensive imports because there is a weaker rupee and therefore imports become expensive. There is a chance that we we shift from expensive imports to domestic production, giving therefore local production and local jobs and output a fillip. So a weaker rupee in the medium to long term, I think does help address our current account deficit and imbalance. In the short run, though, it can be confusing and it can increase pain uh, without any visible gains coming through. So you talked about the short term, but that's not even taking into consideration the uh, global economic environment. I mean, this R word recession has been used frequently in the recent past for the US and uh, with uh, rising interest rates by the Federal Reserve, that could be further impact on their growth. So IT services, for instance, that has long held the flag of exports high for India. If I just look at the plummeting stock prices for these uh, biggies, they indicate that in the short term, there would be further pain. So you did talk about the short term, but did you also include the impact of a global environment or you think that could actually exacerbate our pain in the short term? It's definitely the latter, Bharat. There are plenty of variables here, which all form a nice aviel, so to speak, of, of factors. So it's not just a dollar rupee in isolation. It's also hap- what's happening globally. And you're absolutely right. There is now fears that today we might see a, a Fed rate hike of 75 basis points. There are a few even saying 100 basis points. In any case, the terminal rate in the US for the Federal Reserve is being seen closer to 4% now by the end of next year. And, and therefore, there are, there are fears that the, the global central banks will have little choice but to trigger a, a short-term the dreaded R word of recession just to control a runaway inflation. So yes, there are multiple factors that play out here. On specifically software, one thing to note, Bharat, actually last year was a spectacular year for services exports, principally for software. For the first time, I saw exports, uh, services exports cross $100 billion for FY22. Overall, your, your invisibles, as we call it, which is services plus remittances, etc., I think could actually touch $150 billion for the last year FY22. So while we have a lot of trouble on the manufacturing and the goods trade deficit, and that number is rising every day, you know, for the last month, it was $23 billion, an all-time high. There is some leeway coming through in terms of much better services exports. Now, you're right. In For now, you know, the software majors are taking a bit of a knock. Because there's a fear that if there is a global recession, that might impact the, 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 our services exports. We have to see how this pans out. And I've, I've spoken to people in the software sector who think it could go either way. Yes, they're being conservative and, and they think that there'll be an impact in terms of people trying to reduce costs in a recession and therefore cutting down on, on, on technology expenses. There's also an offshoot possible, which is that, you know what? The best way to cut costs is actually to offshore better to, to cheaper locations and to use technology more. So we don't know how this will play out. I think services will continue to do well, but 
the overall balance will still be a, a pretty dramatic minus $100 billion of current account deficit. So I personally see, see about $260 billion of goods trade deficit, which is incredibly high, offset by a very positive $160 billion of invisible inflows, still leaving us with a $100 current account deficit. Now, could these numbers change? Absolutely. If we have a global recession or, or fears of a global recession, yes, our exports will be impacted, including in gems and jewelry, including in petroleum products, including in software and services, no questions asked. It could also impact our own demand. You know, one thing you should remember, Bharat, is that remember during FY21, during the lockdown, etc., our imports just collapsed. So when our GDP collapsed, our imports collapsed, our consumption collapsed, and, and that actually in a very perverse way helped our current account balance. So there are multiple factors at play. Taking all this into consideration, right now I'm penciling in $100 billion of current account deficit. That still leaves the RBI with having to handle a whole of at least $55 billion that they might have to supply through the course of the year, which means your original point that they have to make hard decisions on what to do with dollar rupee still remains absolutely valid. One quick point I want to make, Bharat, RBI often says that they don't target any specific level on the rupee and they only intervene to manage the volatility. I think that's a rubbish statement. And they have to make that statement because they don't have a choice. They can't, they can't go beyond this. But in reality, because of the size of the RBI intervention, they very much determine where dollar rupee settles, both in the short term and in the medium term. Uh, and they also determine what the volatility of the currency pair is. So they have some very, very hard decisions to make as to where they should intervene, how much they should intervene, should they let the rupee depreciate, these are hard decisions they have to make. Excellent. Thank you. And that was a well-rounded, wide answer, touching upon a wide range of topics. Yeah, in, on the software services, I agree with you. I think the industry, software services industry is being pretty optimistic because if you look at their plans for recruitment, it seems pretty healthy. So fingers crossed on, on that front. You talked about domestic demand as well. And this is actually my next question. With prices rising, there is an impact on consumption expenditure. A Nielsen report that looked at the January-March 2022 uh, numbers uh, indicated a volume contraction. And this seems to be the largest consumption slowdown over three quarters ending in March. People are buying smaller pack sizes painfully. Rural is also seeing a faster slowdown. So do you see this pain continuing? You talked about short-term impact. And will that trickle down to actual real-life issues where people consume less food, non-food, uh, whatever the category? Short answer is yes, Bharat, there are problems. Let me break it up into two parts. One is the external impact, which is kind of slowing our economy down. And the second is our own internal issues, which some of which was hopefully within our control. So on the first part, like I mentioned earlier, the RBI reckons that every 10% increase in crude oil prices actually reduces our growth by about 20 basis point. And, and the, the way this happens is reasonably clear, right? So as the size of our, of our fuel bill goes up, we have no choice but to crimp on other consumption. And that therefore brings down our domestic GDP, right? There is also the other thing which, which is going on in respect of food prices and in terms of what's happening on fertilizer prices, etc., as you know, it's not just fuel prices which have gone up, food prices, including fertilizer prices, including feedstock prices, they've all gone up quite dramatically. In fact, there's also been reports of shortages of fertilizers, etc. Now, in this context, and with monsoon still very, very early, we don't know how agriculture is going to pan out in, in this particular year. 
in fact because you had unseasonal rains and some unseasonal weather in, during the winter season the rabi crop was also impacted and that showed up in in the gdp numbers for the first quarter of this calendar year so there are global factors including commodity prices fertilizer prices feedstock prices etc which are kind of dragging down our agriculture and our overall consumption now um, there is one tailwind which is in our favor which is that hopefully and i i pray and hope and pray that this covid cases don't go up again or don't become serious at least with the opening up of the economy and 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 with you know airlines going full hotels going full trains hopefully resuming we will see the services economy come back to full swing over a period of time again i hope and pray covid doesn't hit us again so if that's the case then a lot of the jobs that were lost particularly in contact based services will start to come back and we'll see some economic activity coming through there so that alone should see for this quarter for april to june quarter a reasonably strong impact especially compared to the delta wave hit april june of last year 2021 we should see a very strong growth coming through but the broader point that you make that through the course of the last two years after covid that our consumption has been impacted especially rural consumption now is absolutely spot on and the numbers are clear bharat if you see the actual gdp real gdp for fy20 versus fy22 two years apart it's practically unchanged it's barely up by some 1% within that if you look at personal consumption which is i think about 84 lakh crores or so that's again completely barely unchanged across two years so in two years time our total consumption has hardly changed despite the small increase in population etc which means our economy is static and we are actually spending less per capita that issue absolutely remains which is where the, the endogenous issues which is within our controls come into play the fact is we have a jobs problem we are simply not able to create enough jobs we have a large number of people who are underemployed or unemployed who need jobs and um the the biggest hope that we have you know there are lots of things that we can't control we can't control russia ukraine we can't control global oil prices we can't control what happens to feedstock prices etc we can't control what happens to global growth and what the federal reserve does so what is in our control really what is endogenous to us is actually job creation in fact we've talked about a few macroeconomic factors bharat we've talked about external balance we've talked about growth we've talked about inflation we haven't talked about things like fiscal deficit but that's also linked if you ask me across all of this if there is one variable which determines the health of each of these factors it's actually job creation and this is where frankly as a country we've we've kind of failed over the last 15 years or so and it's across administrations to be honest so so here is the real problem if you will go by the cmie numbers out of about 110 crore people who who are 15 years and older in this country only 40 crore people actually have a job and and the the labor participation labor force participation rate is barely 40% in fact it's lower than 40% uh, as of as of may end and amongst women it's lower than 10% according to cmie now that is where the big issues remain how will creation of jobs and that put that that to jobs which actually create domestic output help it will help in multiple ways one of course it will give us gdp growth which is so so much required for our country given the nature of our per capita income etc second it will create output last year bharat we imported 73 billion dollars from china more than what we exported to china our trade deficit with china was 73 billion dollars an all time high 
And what were we importing? We were importing electronics, we were importing fertilizers, chemicals, manufactured products of all kinds. What we exported was, by the way, cotton and some raw materials like ores, etc. So the problem is all of these and, you know, the, many of these things that we import from China are not necessarily high tech things. These are stuff that we could well make in our country. In fact, we should make in our country given our labor advantage. So creation of jobs will definitely help address our trade deficit. It will obviously help address growth. It will also help address inflation. All this point about, you know, imported inflation, a lot of it, of course, is crude oil and energy related, but it's also related to things like electronics, to things like gold, to things like chemicals, plastics, toys, a whole bunch of other things, which frankly, we could make ourselves in this country and therefore rid ourselves of this inflation, uh, this, this imported inflation problem. So that remains the biggest problem. Now, there are plans afoot to try and improve job creation, including things like you know, production-linked incentives, trying to improve labor laws, trying to you know, privatize certain companies. Of course, we can argue whether that's the right thing to do or not, but at least there is some effort on that front. And things like you know, trying to improve ease of doing business on the ground, including by putting money into infrastructure. But execution is going to be very, very key. The, the short point, Bharat, is... There are a whole host of issues, including and particularly oil prices and energy prices, which will determine our fate going forward. Many of this is not in our control. If there was one thing we could do to try and you know, make ourselves impervious to these external changes and therefore improve our current account balance, our inflation, our growth prospects, our per capita income, it has to be around creation of jobs. And that's where I think we have the huge opportunity I hope execution is as good as uh, as the, the 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 nature of the plans and the intent which has been shown so far. On the serviceability of loans raised by companies abroad, given the weakening rupee, I'm sure there will be challenges. But considering that you know companies have had an option to choose between tax plans, you know one more than than the other, and hopefully the the pockets have deepened for companies. So do you at all anticipate in an extended period fear of the stressed assets problem returning its head if the rupee continues to stay weak? Again, two parts to this. On the serviceability of loans, let's say the foreign currency loans, at a systemic country level, I don't foresee a problem. India's foreign exchange reserves and buffers, including forward purchases of the RBI, actually exceed our external debt at this point in time. We have ample cover for the short-term maturing loans. So at a country level, we really don't have a problem for now. There could be idiosyncratic issues of some very, very leveraged borrower having borrowed a lot from the global markets. But that will be individual issues. It will not be a systemic issue. By the way, over the last few years, a lot of Indian corporates have tapped overseas markets to, to, to borrow funds from there particularly as um, funds became extremely cheap in the global markets. One offshoot of this, um, this phenomenon of people having borrowed a lot through ECBs and through bonds, etc. over the last couple of years, the bond markets globally are drying out right now. In fact, Indian paper is quoting at fairly high yields at this point in time. All emerging market papers are quoting at fairly high yields, which means that uh, loans which come up for repayment, the, the borrowers might find it difficult to refinance from the global markets. To that extent, you might see a shift of borrowing away from global markets back into the local banking system. So you might see an increase in the local banking credit offtake, which actually is a reflection of a switch from global markets onto onshore markets. That's one part. On the second part of do I see um, problems on stressed assets, etc., there's been a fair amount of cleanup as far as the large corporates are concerned. 
you know, and, and a lot of, you know, the, the NPAs, the non-performing assets of uh, related to large wholesale loans have actually been written off as well. There have been technical write-offs that banks have done. Almost 10 lakh crores of loans have been written off. So there's been a lot of cleansing, either by just writing it off and getting on with it, or by allowing companies to restructure, etc., coming through. So on the large corporate front, at this point in time, in fact, their health is reasonably good. Whatever is left is reasonably good. They have, in fact, deleveraged through the last two years. And you know, Bharat, that the results, corporate results over the last two years have been spectacular, right? The, the profits have increased by, by in, in, in triple digits, you know, 150% or so. The, their overall value add over the last two years has been some spectacular 55% or so. So the large 3,000 odd companies have done very, very well. They have deleveraged. In fact, they're in a position to borrow more if required. If there is a stress on, on serviceability, Bharat, it's on the small and medium enterprises, micro, small and medium enterprises, and on the retail front. And there the worry emanates also from the fact that because RBI has forced to now increase interest rates you know, and, and catch up with, with this inflation control, because it is undertaking a lot of repo rate hikes, by the way, there was an RBI report as of April, which said that 40% of all outstanding bank loans are now linked to external benchmarks. Okay, And most of these 40% loans are to either retail or to micro, small, medium enterprises. Now, in these sectors, I do foresee that there could be stresses which are not entirely being recognized by the system as of now. These includes mudra loans. Remember that a lot of these ECLGS, this um, you know the credit which is offered by the government to MSMEs, etc., that's coming up for repayment next year. There was a lot of restructuring done, a lot of retail loans. The terms were extended through the moratorium. Uh, we don't really know what the health of that sector is going to look like, particularly as as we as we come out of the moratorium and the the ECLGS scheme, etc. So that is something you have to watch out for. But the overall External sector is looking okay, no problem at all. And the larger companies are looking in, in fine fettle as well. Great. Thank you so much for your time, Marant. Fascinating insights as always from you. Really appreciate you being with us here today. Thanks. Thanks again for having me, Bharat. My pleasure and my privilege. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.